Hello, and welcome back to another Dispatch from Holly McKay. Today, we're going to be talking about a very special person, Elaine uh, Feischel, who is an old friend of Holly's and has a very interesting story that this dispatch is about. So good morning, Holly, and um, tell us a little bit about Elaine. Yeah, so I met Elaine when I was living in Los Angeles many years ago through a mutual friend of, of ours, Eric Gazin. And, um, you know, he sort of kept saying to me, there is this remarkable woman that I know. And she was this legal secretary for the Tokyo trials, which of course happened after the Second World War. And I really was stupid keen to meet her and met up with her many times. And she was this incredible woman in her nineties who was still very sharp and really had still been practicing law well into her eighties. Um, and was just such a trailblazer and the story she would sort of tell about going and what to me I found to be the most interesting. Obviously, um, you know, the Japanese were not particularly popular in the United States uh, during the war and certainly not after, but Again, it's that sort of, uh, you know, the victors are always the ones that are able to kind of, um, go ahead with, with prosecutions and things. And so we had the Nuremberg trials in Germany and then the Tokyo trials. And she went, um, she was in, in law school at the time and went as a legal secretary and actually was put on to the defense, um, which obviously is an incredible unpopular position and, and sort of to think that you have to go and defend these war criminals. But the way she looked at it was that it was just such a, a pillar of, of what our democracy is. And, and she believed that, you know, everybody is entitled to, to that hearing and to that fair hearing. And, and she wanted to go and, and do the best that she could, um, to, to, you know, to represent these, these war criminals and to make sure that their side was adequately heard so certainly challenging dennis um uh, definitely i mean you know when you when you think of the um the the incidents that she had to defend uh these uh, japanese officers and, and politicians uh from i mean you know everything from pearl harbor to the the, the prisoners of war taken by the japanese throughout asia um yeah, or and the mistreatment of civilians uh throughout Asia during the Japanese occupation years. These were pretty brutal things. And um so you got to spend time with her reflecting on some of this and uh and and seeing her reaction. It's interesting that you discuss how to her it was the job was about staying true to the democratic principles of the United States and fairness. Um, mm. How did that affect you when you, you know, interacted with her in terms of your own outlook? Well, I, you know, again, I, I always think as a journalist, that goal is, it's not about the neutrality. It really is about giving every side a hearing. And, and I do think, you know, that is an important aspect. And of course, people can still argue about Victor's justice and, and that, um, you know, these, these trials, but they weren't just head. It, they weren't just sort of run by the United States. There was a, a coalition from many different countries um, that sort of had uh, judicial representation within sort of the judges' ranks and and within uh, the both the prosecution and defense teams. So, um, you know, it, it did give me a sense of of that importance being there. And that is something we, especially now, I guess, always need to remember. And, and I think oftentimes, you know, we we do have the innocent who pleaded guilt, uh, who found guilty, and 
sometimes I think we lose that a little bit in American society, especially with social media. People are tried in these courts of public opinion um, before, often before the facts are unveiled or the other side is heard or that we really have a true understanding of a particular situation. So I think, again, you know, it always reminds me of that. And, and you know, Elaine said some really interesting things. She said that, you know, as she sort of got to know these people on a very intimate level and, and would go to these, um, you know, events and they would invite her and, and she would, you know, be playing tennis with, you know, some of these incredible, you know, war criminals and their uh, relatives. And she sort of said at one point, um, that, she looked, you know, she looked at these people and it was so hard to think of them as barbarians because they were also polite and Japanese culture is obviously very polite. Um, and she sort of always had to kind of remind herself, um, you know, of the situation and what she was dealing with. And, you know, one thing she said was you're going into it. She really thought the Japanese were horrible people. And the turning point was when the a little 15 year old daughter of one of the defendants came to her and asked if she could see her father. And she had to remember that, that these men, you know, they weren't just malicious, but, but they were also had wore many other hats and that was being devoted fathers and husbands and sons. And so she was able to kind of understand them from a lot more of a human level. And I think, you know, as, as journalists, that is also something that that we try to do too. And it's it's not about. Um, I think it's so easy to paint sort of the enemy as this two dimensional figure, or sort of in very black and white terms. And it's never that simple. And I think if we are to learn from history, uh, we we really do need to you know to remember sort of the human aspect and the many multi um, facets that that go into often what these horrible crimes are. And if we're looking at, we hear, we talk a lot about what's happening in Ukraine and, and Putin and, and war crimes. And, um, you know, again, I don't think it serves us to just look at sort of Putin as this one very dimensional figure, but we have to remember that he, you know, does wear many different hats and we have to try to understand the psyche, I think, from that point of view. Yeah. Um, so, see, when I first met you, yeah, I, I, it was really at, at the beginning of your going international and covering various parts of the world, and and you'd known Elaine for a very long time at that point. And so, I mean, in closing and in tribute uh, to this, does does she sit on your shoulder whenever you go to the, one of these parts of the world and whispers in your ear and reminds you um, about the importance <laughs> of fairness? I, I don't know that. You know, I, I think for Elaine, you know, what she really taught me was the importance of doing the work. Um, and I think that, you know, despite being in different professions, I think that is, you know, often the goal. And she was this just an incredibly trailblazing woman who she, she never, she never had kids and, and she didn't get married, but she was so devoted to, to being a, an attorney and to telling these stories and to kind of just breaking through these glass ceilings. And I think that is always something, you know, to, to pay tribute to is, is the women that, you know, come before, um, before me in, in these industries. Um, and so it was very sad. She passed away early in 2017. Um, just, you know, I think she was six days before turning 96. So an incredible sort of legacy that I think she left behind and certainly not a, a household name, but one of those names, I think that, um, of people that really, you know, deserved their stories to be told because they, they, you know, left a, a real mark on our society. Yeah. 
and which is a Holly McKay trademark of writing about people who should be remembered, who otherwise would not be. So thank you for that, Holly. And I mean, you know, this has been a very good dispatch and, um, and a, another insight into people in the world who mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, uh, thanks for that. And, uh, we'll see you on the next dispatch. Thank you, Dennis.